Hello and welcome to Property Money Trees, Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogunfaber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show you will be getting the benefit of my 30 plus years worth of experience of maximising property values, experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Hello and welcome back. So if you are just starting your property journey, so you don't have anything, you're literally looking to start, that person is whom this podcast is actually being recorded for. Not for someone who's already got however many in their own personal name and they are looking to transfer those ownerships into a company so you're literally just starting out and you don't know should you buy in your own name or should you buy in a company name now people will say to you it depends and that's all well and good but how does that help you so the whole essence of this podcast is literally to tell you the kind of things you need to be thinking about so when you go and get professional advice from your tax advisor or your lawyer or if you're going to do it yourself these are the things that you might want to consider before you actually make a decision. Why is this question even being asked? Why are we talking about it? Because seven eight years ago it wouldn't have even been an issue. However in 2015, in the Finance Act of 2015, the government enacted a section, Section 24 of the Finance Act of 2015, which came into effect from 2017, said that landlords who let their properties out for residential use, long-term residential use, so that would effectively be people who are letting to other people for um, longer periods. In the main, you're not furnished holiday lettings, but you are letting to people who, who live there. So those people cannot deduct their finance costs when computing their taxable profits. So in the past, what we used to do was you'd work out how much rent you got and then you'd deduct your allowable deductions, one of which was your mortgage interest and the cost of finance and sometimes your early repayment charges. Section 24 completely said, no, you don't do that anymore. You work out your gross profits, you pay tax on that and then at the end of your computations, you are allowed a 20% tax credit to do with your mortgage interest. The effect of that is this. If you are 
a nil rate taxpayer, so you're not paying any tax, or you're a basic rate taxpayer, then you're effectively getting all of your in all of your interest. You you are able to deduct it. That is the long and short of it. But if you're a higher rate taxpayer, some of that interest is actually going to stick. As a higher rate taxpayer, you're paying tax or at, at, at your at your tax rate, but you're only getting credit for twenty percent. So that extra is what is the cost to you of this section twenty four. Now, section twenty four of the Finance Act twenty fifteen doesn't apply if you are doing exactly what I've been talking about in a company. So if you're letting out your property to people, but you you buy the property or the, or the property is in a company, however you get it there, you can, in the company, deduct all of the interest that you are incurring on that particular property, it, all of the interest on the mortgage that you're incurring on that property. And that is why we are now talking about this because on the one hand, if you buy or you're letting through a company, uh, all of your interest on your mortgage is deductible. But if you do it in your own name, it may or may not be depending on your tax circumstances. Now, that really is the bottom line about it. However, people get very upset about this without really understanding what's going on. In order to understand what's going on, you really need to work out exactly how much in pounds and pennies Section 24 is costing you. Why don't you do a two-column sheet? So on the one hand, in the first column, write down how much Section 24 is going to cost you in tax if you were to buy in your own name. And then also write down how much it's going to cost you to buy in a company. So to form a company, it's not very expensive. You can get one for like £10, you can get one for £15. If you want it to sing and dance, it will cost you a bit more. But you can form a company for roughly £10. So that's not very much in the scheme of things. And it's a one-off cost. It's not something that you're going to be incurring periodically. However, every year you have to submit a confirmation statement to the company's house. And that, at the moment, costs £13. That's an annual cost. It may or may not go up. It's unlikely to go up, but it's £13 at the moment. Again, that's not very much. On the side of costs of running a company, you've also got the costs of rendering the company's tax returns. Now, if you employ an accountant, the accountant roughly is going to cost you £500 a year. So it could be 500 on its own. It could be 500 plus VAT. You're, you will be able to get cheaper and you will again come across more expensive. But an average amount is about £500 um, plus VAT. Then 
you might also decide that you want your company to do some extra things and then you need to again get professional advice so again put the cost of that in the costs section now when you're done with all of that draw a line and see which which route is actually going to cost you more and in fact before you draw that line if you are not a large portfolio landlord you will have access to um, lenders who don't charge as much as the semi-commercial lenders uh, do which you will be restricted to if you are a portfolio stroke a large portfolio landlord so again you want to compute the cost of that how much extra are you going to be paying by way of interest in any event to your lender if you borrow through a company because once you borrow through a company you're literally you're forced into dealing with the semi-commercial lenders there are still some high street lenders that will lend to a company but there aren't that many of them most 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 lenders will actually charge a premium to deal with a company so again how much are you going to be paying on your target purchase if you buy in your own name and how much are you going to be paying on the same target purchase if you're buying through a company so again look at both of these figures the difference again you add to the cost of buying in a company so is it in your best financial interests to buy in a company doing a rough calculation of the things i've spoken about will tell you if financially it's worth your while now it may be that financially it's not worth your while to incorporate or to buy through a company but there might be other reasons why you might want to buy through a company one of the things that again you want to think about is what is going to happen to the rents do you need all of the rents to live on in which case again how much is it costing you to buy through a company because if you buy through a company fine you may set up a payroll system and pay yourself a salary which is not a bad thing at all you have to pay national insurance again not a bad thing and then you just pay income tax on the salary that you that you get again no problems there and depending on how much you actually need your accountant might be able to advise you on how little you need to pay yourself in order to not have to pay any tax and or national insurance on such sums however if you're not going to be paying yourself a salary you're then left to extracting the monies in the company through dividends that can be a cost-effective way of getting money into your hands but all of this you need to go speak to a tax accountant so i'm not going to go into figures on this um but essentially if you're a basic rate taxpayer you just pay 7.5 percent uh tax on the dividends that you get over and above two thousand pounds so whatever your tax bracket the first two thousand pounds of dividend that your company pays to you is tax-free so you can have that anything over and above that is taxable 
and you 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 must then pay tax so you can immediately see that things are getting a bit complicated can you deal with all of this yourself that's something you need to ask yourself now it may well be that you can but if, what if you can't and this is why people say it depends it depends on you it depends on your circumstances but in the main these are the things that you want to be thinking about so maybe you can get your money out via dividends so when you buy through a company you go and create that company it has no money I'm not giving tax advice but a really good way that I have found personally for me is I lend the company the money it needs in order to pay the deposit and do any works on the target property and I can then once the company starts to earn money so it's renting out the property or doing whatever it's doing I can then start to get that money back and I don't have to pay tax on what the company pays to me up to the amount of the monies I've loaned to it. And that is because it, it's not paying me a salary. It's not paying me dividends. It's it's actually repaying a loan that I have made to it. So again, that's absolutely fine. Now, if you're going to be lending your company money and you're going to be charging interest, you have to again render quarterly um, returns to HMRC to declare that interest. So again, you know, talk to your tax accountant, let them work out how much it's going to cost you so that you know exactly how much all of this is going to cost you before you decide that because everyone's saying you must buy through a company that you also must buy through a company. For older people, Buying through a company might make a bit more sense because it will allow them to think about succession planning. Who is going to get what? Are the children going to fight over, let's say somebody only has the one property, how do the children, and again, think about if the children aren't talking, how are they going to actually share that property up? How are they going to carve it up? If you've willed it, let's say, to three children, what do they do? If they want to hold on to it, you're talking about trusts. If they decide they don't want to hold on to it, that's a sale. It might not be in their best interests to actually sell the property. But if the property, let's say, is in a company, then it's so easy to say, OK, I'm going to give five of my 15 shares to child A, another five of my 15 shares to child B, and the third uh, uh, five of my 15 shares to child C. Again, no problems. What the children have got is they have got shares in a company. So the underlying asset is able to carry on doing what it has always done. Also, in terms of probate, what has been left behind are the shares and not the property itself. So even though the value of the property will filter through the shares, it's the shares that you are actually dealing with. So it, it can make perfect sense to buy through a company. But again, all depends on your particular circumstances. But 
the whole essence of this podcast is that if you are looking literally to just buy the one property, ask yourself, why do you want to be buying through a company? You know, ask yourself all the questions that I've spoken about. Which one of them actually applies to you? Which one of them makes it good sense for you to be buying through a company? If it's just for the purposes of Section 24 uh, Finance Act tax, does it actually make any difference? Or are you going to be worse off if you go and buy through a company? What are your plans? Do you just want to buy one or two? Or are you looking to build a business? Now, if you're looking to build a business, the good sense out there is saying, yes, you should really and seriously consider incorporation. You should consider buying through a company. However, that might not be your plans. What are your plans? Are you interested in residential or are you interested in commercial? Because if you're interested in commercial, none of this actually applies. You're absolutely fine. So you can buy if you want to in your own name and you can buy if you want to in a company. Although, again, if you are in commercial, why are you not buying through a company? But again, that will be a question that you and only you can answer. If you are looking at furnished holiday lets, which we call serviced accommodation, then Section 24 doesn't apply. And you can deduct all of your mortgage interest and associated costs against your income against your rent. So again, you may still want to buy through a company, but Section 24 doesn't apply to you. And lots of people who will say, oh, you must buy through a company, are simply saying so for the sole reason of Section 24. The other thing is this, even if you do your Section 24 uh, calculations and it seems worth it to, to buy through a company. If, if the amount that you're going to be saving isn't very much and you're not looking to grow your portfolio, I would say think again, think carefully. And the reason is this. At the moment, companies can deduct all of the interest on the mortgage payments but who is to say what's going to happen tomorrow? So if you move, you know, in order to save, you know, £10 or £15 or £100 even, I would be saying, ask yourself, is this the right thing for you to do, considering that if things change in the future, you are lumbered with all the costs of running your property business through a company without any a real difference between owning in your own name and owning in a company. So I just really just wanted to just highlight just some of those like few points because you know ask that question anywhere and people will always in the main say it depends and it truly does but what does it depend on? I'm hoping really that I've highlighted some of the things the answer will depend on. Another thing is, again, if you're going to be running your business through a company, can you do it yourself? Are you competent enough to do it yourself? 
or are you actually going to be doing things incorrectly in a way that can come back and bite you? Are you executing your documents properly? How are you signing for your company? Now, these last things are going to be the subject of my next podcast. So that will be the one for the 1st of March. So I'm li- I've literally parked what I thought I was going to be doing in January and now also for February, because these are topics which keep on coming up. The number of people who ask me, should I buy through a company or should, should I buy through my own name? It really is astonishing. People need to know. And people just need to just have a little bit of information that they can go away and they can work out their figures and they can see what suits them best. So whatever you do, good luck, but do what is best for you. Not what is best for your brother or your sister, your friend, or you know the person that you know, your neighbor, but what is best for you. Thank you for joining me today and I hope that at the very least you have found the talk thought-provoking. There will be some bonus scenes being released over the next few weeks so please do come back. If you enjoyed the show please do subscribe. In any event please do rate and review the episode because it would be great to read your feedback. Thank you very much and hopefully see you next month.